Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Trumpets are very important in Scripture. These trumpets signify the beginning of a war. These angels are going to sound the trumpet to announce God's war on planet Earth. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. When Pharaoh disobeyed God, God unleashed a series of natural disasters, illnesses, and death like the world had never seen. And while the 10 plagues were certainly terrible, the tribulation will be even worse. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares the horrors that will take place during Earth's final years. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress. Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. I've been a student of biblical prophecy for more than 40 years. In fact, I've preached hundreds of sermons on the topic. I've taught seminary classes, and I've written books on prophecy as well. But nothing represents the culmination of my life's work, quite like my teaching series on the book of Revelation called Final Conquest. If you love biblical prophecy as I do, I'd like to send you a brand new book I've written called Mysteries of the End Times. This is a limited time offering. You won't find this book anywhere other than right here. So please don't let time slip by without requesting your copy of my book, Mysteries of the End Times. I'd be happy to send you one when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. And then, while you have a little extra time over the weekend, I want you to go online to ptv.org and take a look at the amazing vacation we've planned for you next June. This coming June 15th through 22nd, we'll be departing Vancouver, British Columbia for the 2024 Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska. Special musical guest Rebecca St. James and Michael O'Brien will be joining us on the cruise along with comedian Dennis Swamberg. I guarantee you'll return home with fresh wind in your sails. The views in Alaska are absolutely jaw-dropping gorgeous, and you can easily see God's creative hand wherever you look. Please take a few minutes to go online and sign up at ptv.org. Now, let's get started with our study from Revelation chapter 8. I titled today's message, When Gabriel Blows His Horn. Conservative media gets many things right, but not everything. In fact, here is one truth you will never hear from right-wing pundits or conservative news outlets, and that truth is this. Environmental problems like ozone depletion, rising and falling temperatures, floods, Environmental problems in the world are real, and they are really the result of human activity. You know, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2 that God created this world, and everything he created was good. But then Adam and Eve rebelled against God. And through that human activity of rebelling against God, sin entered the world and it infected every part of this world, including the environment. 
Romans 8 says right now, nature is groaning in birth pangs as it awaits the final redemption of the world. And these wildfires, these uh, changing temperature, everything we're seeing is a result of creation groaning and awaiting the return of Jesus Christ. Yes, environmental problems are the result of human activity, sin. But the greatest threat to the environment, the greatest assault on the world will not come from the hands of mankind. The greatest assault on the environment is yet to come and it will come from the hand of Almighty God. And it's the event we're going to look at today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 8 as we discover what's going to happen to the earth when Gabriel blows his horn. Revelation chapter 8. Now, if you've just joined us in this study of Revelation, we are in the great tribulation. The rapture of the church has already occurred. Believers are in heaven. And we've begun the final seven years of earth's history that will culminate in the literal visible return of Jesus Christ. Remember what the tribulation is? It is that seven-year period of time that will begin when the Antichrist signs a peace treaty with Israel, and seven years later it will end with the return of Jesus Christ at the climactic battle of Armageddon. What is the purpose of the tribulation? It is God's judgment on the earth. Specifically, it is for the condemnation of unbelievers, but also the salvation of the elect. Interestingly, there'll be a number of people who will be saved during these seven years of tribulation. And God's purpose is always redemptive in nature. And so the seven years of God's judgment actually comes in the form of three series of judgments. First of all, there are the seal judgments in Revelation chapter 6, the trumpet judgments in Revelation 8 through 11, and the bowl judgments in 16. And there are seven of each. Now what is interesting, and you need to understand these judgments, is the seventh seal judgment actually includes all of the trumpet judgments. See that? And the seventh trumpet judgment is actually all of the bowl judgments. Now, we've already gone through the first series of judgments in Revelation 6. The seal judgments. We've looked at six of those already, and they're found in Revelation 6. Remember, the first one is the appearance of the Antichrist, the world leader who assumes power, not with any war, but the world turns to him voluntarily because of the chaos on the earth. And we looked at the other ones, famine and destruction and, and uh, the martyrdom of the saints. And the final, the sixth seal judgment, great cosmic disturbances. That's Revelation 6. Then when we get to chapter 7, John says, wait a minute, before we go forward, I want to share with you another aspect of the tribulation you need to understand. And that is the 144,000 Jews whom Christ saves and then he seals supernaturally to be Jewish evangelists, to go around the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And the result we see in Revelation 7 is that a multitude of both Jews and Gentiles will be saved. That's Revelation 7. Now when we get to Revelation 8, we are ready to 
remove the seventh seal from the book that will unleash all of the trumpet judgments and all of the uh, bowl judgments that are to come. Now remember the scroll that has all of these judgments written in it. Remember that seven sealed scroll? We talked about it in Revelation 5 in heaven. Uh, God the Father gives Jesus the Lamb that seven sealed scroll, the book of redemption that contains uh, a description of how this world was lost to Satan. And it also identifies the terms by which this world will be redeemed and returned to its rightful owner. And the seven sealed scroll, it has seven seals on it. And you break one seal and a little bit of it's revealed. A second one more. When we have finished the sixth seal, almost all of the scroll has been revealed. And then notice what happens. Chapter eight, verse one. When the lamb, that is Jesus, broke the seventh, the final seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. When the seventh seal is broken, it means the scroll is completely opened. And everyone in heaven can see all of the final judgments against the earth. They can see all of the trumpet judgments, all of the bowl judgments. And when the heavenly residents see what awaits this earth, there is a collective gasp you can hear in heaven. It's as if everybody takes his hand and puts it over his mouth. They can't believe what the Lord is about to do to the earth. In Zephaniah 1 verse 7, Zephaniah warned, be silent before the Lord God for the day of the Lord is near. One writer describes this silence as the silence in a courtroom when the jury comes back after their deliberation and the foreman of the jury stands up to announce the verdict and, and people are silent as they await the verdict. Someone else has described this as the silence that precedes a thunderstorm or a tornado. You know, right before the storm comes, the birds quit singing, the insects quit chirping. There's an eerie silence. That's what you have here, this eerie silence as everyone awaits these judgments. Look at verse two. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. Who are these seven angels who stand before God? We don't know. It's conjecture. Many people believe it's the archangels, people like Michael, angels like Gabriel, special angels who will be given each one, one of these trumpets to sound. Uh, the trumpets are very important in scripture. I've listed here five primary uses of trumpets in the Bible to announce ceremonial processions, to assemble Israel for war, to announce the new year. Trumpets will be used in the future to regather Israel at the second coming of Christ. And finally, there will be a trumpet that will announce the rapture of the church. Remember 1 Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the what? The trumpet of God. I'm ready to hear that one, aren't you? Believers are going to hear that one day, that trumpet blast that signals the rapture of the church. These trumpets signify the beginning of a war. These angels are going to sound the trumpet to announce God's war on planet Earth. Each one has a trumpet. 
But before the first angel blows the trumpet, notice something else John sees, and that is the angel with the gold censer. Now, this is so interesting to me. Look at verse 3. Another angel, not one with a trumpet, but another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer. I'll explain what that is in just a moment. And much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all of the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Now you probably wonder, what in the world is this talking about? Remember in the Old Testament temple, there were two altars. One was called the altar of sacrifice, the brazen altar. And it was busy day and night. Priests were continually offering animal sacrifices on that brazen altar. But there was a second altar, a golden altar. It was called the altar of incense. It was in the holy place. In fact, it stood right before the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. That was the altar of incense. And the priest would go up And to the burning coals on the altar of incense, he would add incense that would waft its way to heaven, signifying how pleasing the sacrifices were, like a pleasing aroma in the nostrils of God. Now, what John sees in heaven is an angel standing before that first altar, the altar of sacrifice. And like the priest would do, using some tongs to remove the burning coals of the altar of sacrifice and placing them in a gold receptacle. It was called a censer. It was just a golden receptacle you would carry on a chain. And he would use the tongs and he would put those coals in that golden censer and take them to the altar of incense. And he would mix with those burning coals incense And this time, John sees the angel mixing with the hot coals the prayers of God's people that are, again, wafting their way into the presence of God like a fragrant aroma. It says that the angel gathered all of the saints, the prayers of all of the saints. That is, he has collected all of the prayers of all of God's people for all time, and he is offering them as a sacrifice to God. You know, this tells us something about the importance of prayer to God. God values the prayers of his saints. God values your prayer. There is not one prayer you offer that goes unnoticed by God. In fact, over and over again, the Bible describes your prayers as incense, a fragrant aroma to God the Father. And sometimes one of the greatest sacrifices we make to God is through our prayer. This passage is teaching us that our prayer is like offering a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Now listen to me, you may not have two nickels to rub together. You may not feel like you can serve God in any tangible way. There are some of you right now watching on television or listening on radio. Maybe you're in a hospital. Maybe you're homebound and you think, I have nothing to offer to the Lord. You have the best gift of all to offer to him, and that is your prayers. God treasures your prayers, and every Christian can pray. That's the picture we see here. But the particular prayers that John sees the angel gathering 
are the prayers of the tribulation saints who have been praying for relief from the terrible calamity that is going on during these seven years. And I want you to notice what this angel does. It's really strange. After he has taken the coals and mixed them with incense and taken them up to the altar of incense, look at what happens in verse five. Then the angel took the censer and he filled it with the fire, that is the coals of the altar, and he threw it to the earth. That is, he takes hot coals he has just put on the altar of incense. He uses the tongs, puts them back in his censer. He collects the incense, the prayers of the saints, puts them back into the censer, and he empties that censer, the hot coals and the prayers on the earth. And what happens after that? And there followed peals of thunder and sounds and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. The tribulation is in full force at this point. What is the relationship between the prayers of God's saints that have been poured out on the earth? Here's the picture. The great judgment of God against the earth is the result of the prayers of God's people. What have God's people been praying for thousands of years? Thy kingdom come, God. Thy will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. Christians of every age have been praying for justice. They've been praying for an end of suffering. They've been praying for the return of Jesus Christ. That is the prayer of every true Christian. And now the angel is pouring out those prayers on the earth and saying those prayers are about to be answered. Lightning is the sign of a thunderstorm, thundering, the earthquake. These are all the direct result of the prayers of God's people through all the ages. Walter Wink, the theologian, said, the message is clear. History belongs to the intercessors who pray the future into being. That's what these Christians through the ages have been doing. They have prayed the future, God's future judgment and Christ's future return into being. And now we are ready for the sounding of the first four of those trumpet judgments, beginning in verse 7. Something I want to say about these trumpet judgments before we look at the first four of them. You'll notice how all seven of these trumpet judgments closely parallel the plagues that God sent against Egypt during the time of Moses. And there's a reason for that. Remember, Pharaoh had hardened himself against God and said, who is this God that I should obey him? And God said, oh, I can answer that for you. And he sends those 10 plagues. He demonstrated who he was to the hard heart of Pharaoh. In the same way, during these final seven years of Earth's history, men and women will be living rebelliously. They'll be saying, who is God that I should submit my will to his? And God demonstrates the answer to that through these seven trumpet judgments. You'll notice that the first four of these trumpet judgments are against the earth, against nature, and the final three are against mankind. And uh, people say, well, do we take these literally? Are these literal judgments? These are so fantastical. Are they literal? Well, 
The plagues against Egypt were literal plagues that resulted in the people's release. There's no reason not to take these literally, especially with the specificity that you find, as we'll see described in just a moment. Now, these first four trumpet judgments are very short. They're like the staccato burst of a trumpet. They don't take long to uh, unleash. And notice the destruction against the earth is measured in fractions, a third or a fourth. It's not total destruction, not yet anyway. Let's look at that first trumpet, fire on earth. Verse seven, the first trumpet sounded and there came hail and fire mixed with blood and they were thrown to the earth. We don't know for sure what John is describing here. Perhaps it's a result of the volcanic activity mentioned in verse 5 when John talks about the thunder and lightning and earthquakes. Perhaps these earthquakes have caused volcanic activity throughout the world that is causing lava and rock to be spewed into the atmosphere and it returns as what looks like hail or meteors striking the earth. Perhaps this is literal blood that's the result of humans and animals caught up in that destruction. We don't know for sure. Uh, Dr. Henry Morris, uh, the father of our Henry Morris and John Morris, he speculates that perhaps this could be the earth passing through the tail of a comet like Halley's Comet and a meteor shower. But whatever it is, the devastation is real. Notice the results. A third of the earth was burned up. Can your mind comprehend what it would be like to have a third of this world burned up? We've seen the tremendous devastation in Australia. That's localized destruction. Imagine if that were worldwide. A third of the earth was burned up. Just imagine the drought of having the earth burned up. The mudslides with all of the topsoil removed that would occur. Not only that, a third of the trees were burned up. There's about, they tell us, three trillion trees in the world. I don't know who counted them, but they say there are about three trillion trees. Imagine a trillion trees, the rainforest being devastated, what that would do to our ecological system. And imagine uh, no wood for construction. Uh, imagine what it would do to animal life. And not only that, all the green grass was burned up. Uh, again, later on, we're going to see that um, uh, some of the uh, uh, grass is going to be protected. But in this trumpet judgment, all of the grass, or at least green grass, is going to be destroyed. Think again about the tremendous damage to our ecosystem if you lost a third of the green grass in the world. This is the whole point of Revelation and God's final conquest. Bible prophecy isn't intended to pique our curiosity or to spawn theological debates. The purpose of this last book in the Bible is to show us how God will fulfill every prophecy in His time, and His children need to be prepared. As we conclude another week of programs, let me urge you to get in touch with us to request a couple of brand new resources I've written for you. First, I want you to have a copy of my book, Mysteries of the End Times, Five Little-Known Truths About God's Plan for the Future. Let me help you understand five complex mysteries presented in the Bible, and let me show you their significance in God's plan for our future. 
My book about five mysteries of the end times is yours when you give a generous gift to support Pathway to Victory. And it comes with my profound thanks because people like you are helping this media ministry become one of the fastest growing Bible teaching programs in America. As a bonus, and when you respond today, I'll be sure to include my brand new booklet called The Major Characters of the End Times as well. Written in a style that's clear and practical, my booklet describes 15 different characters in biblical prophecy and why they should make a difference to you today. We want these two resources to equip you for spiritual maturity as you take your next steps down the pathway to victory. And thanks for giving generously. Please keep up the good work because God is using your gifts to pierce the darkness with the light of His Word. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you support the ministry of Pathway to Victory by giving a generous gift, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of Mysteries of the End Times. That's the brand new book by Dr. Robert Jeffress. You'll get that along with the copy of the booklet titled The Major Characters of the End Times. Call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. And when you give an especially generous gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the complete CD and DVD teaching sets for this month's series on the Book of Revelation. Plus, we'll send you a copy of the best-selling book by Dr. Jeffress called Final Conquest. One more time, our phone number, 866-999-2965, or online, go to ptv.org. You could write to us if you'd like, P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, wishing you a great weekend. Then join us again next time when Dr. Jeffress talks about the heightening demonic activity that will occur during the Great Tribulation. Hear a message called Day of the Demons. That's Monday on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.